Welcome to the Better Questions Podcast, where we wrestle with hard questions and seek to ask better ones. My name is Matt. I'm grateful you're here. Uh, Today we have a question from James, and the question is, what do we do with the horrible things the church has been complicit in historically? Thanks, James, for this question. It is uh, a big one, a hard one that we'll wrestle with today. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind as I, I think about this, and we talked a little bit about this on the episode on deconstruction, um, but I think one of the, the first thing that comes to mind is that when we look at some of the atrocities, and I, and I don't use that word lightly, but go back to the Crusades, uh, go back to medieval times, go back to times when people were burned at the stake for having bad theology. Like The first thing I would say is don't defend or try to soften it, and specifically in conversations with those who are asking from places of uh, be, being non-believers or outside the faith, because I think when we try to justify or defend or soften, we actually do a disservice because we don't point to the places where, yes, the church as an institution, as a religion, the Christian religion has been complicit many times historically in straight sin. I mean, you can do a a small study on medieval torture devices and find out how many of the people who were at the helm of these things were confessing Christians. And and let me be really clear, torturing people is evil in any circumstance, especially in the name of the one who told us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. When you do things like murder and torture in his name, it's demonic. And we have to say it, and we need to say it as it is and not try to mince our words there. Um, The reason we have to say it, because it opens up the door Uh, to speak to the reality and the truth of who Christ actually is. And so what we're going to find, what we're going to find is that the Christian religion is a mixed bag of some good and some bad, as do all religions. Um, And because of that, we need to think critically and just be honest when there are times when Christians have been in the wrong. I think one of the things that we can do to help um, people who are asking this question process this is we can point out where toxic religious zealotry or people who have leveraged religion for power or have used Jesus to accomplish what they mean. Um, we can point out how those are not living the Christian life that Jesus set out before us. It's not what it means to live in the kingdom of God where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. We can still acknowledge the truth of who God is as revealed to us in the scriptures and say, look, that's not that. That's something else entirely. Um, And sometimes when I'm having conversations with my unbelieving friends or my skeptical friends, um, I would actually side with them insofar as the church should be sided against. Like there are times where we should speak to that. Um, it's a difficult question to answer. And I think the obvious thing we can say, like you think about, well, why? Why do these things happen? And the obvious answer would be original sin, that we're uh, kind of masters of self-deceit, 
As Kierkegaard once said, we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. Okay? But I think it's bigger than that. You know, the darkness of the human heart, Jeremiah said, uh, is deceitful above all things. And so, I think having a humility, having an understanding of that can help us process the why behind why sometimes these things happen. But we reframe the conversation by, let me tell you what Jesus came to do. So, to wrap that up, don't make excuses. Don't defend. Call out sin when there is sin committed by the church. And then point people back to Jesus. Um, Gerald Sitzer speaks to this. It's a great quote, and I've read it before, but I'll read it again. He says, when the church is functioning at its best, there is simply no community on earth that can rival it. But when the church is functioning at its worst, there is no community on earth that can do as much damage. Okay, I'm going to pause there. Sit with that for a second. Think about that. Both the ability to do incredible good, but also by carrying the banner of Jesus the banner of God himself. That means there's no community that can do as much damage. He continues to write, history itself proves this point. The church has served untold millions as evidenced by the number of churches, hospitals, orphanages, schools, and relief agencies that Christians have founded and operated. But the church has brutalized untold millions as the medieval inquisition and religious wars of the 17th century also demonstrate. I uh, wrote a, a master's, uh, one of my master's program, one of my theses is for a class I was taking on Christian and Jewish relations. Um, I wrote on, what are we to do with Martin Luther? Because later in his life, uh, Luther wrote some things that were very hate-inducing hate towards the Jews. They were anti-Semitism um, anti and speaking not just to the religion, but to, to the actual personhood and ethnicity. And the truth is, when you look back historically and you look back to sort of just the general outworking of the Lutheran church from there, um, there's no skirting around the fact that the Holocaust took place in a Christian country where Roman Catholic and Lutheran and other Reformed churches were the majority. And so there is, while certainly I think it is a massive stretch to say, well, Christianity caused the Holocaust. I wouldn't say that in the slightest. There is a matter in, in, a, in a conversation in which there was, um, they certainly weren't speaking out against the horrors in ways that they should. And in 1946, um, there was Richard Harvey um, had this idea of, of taking first steps towards reconciliation with a genuine apology and uh, regret from the Lutherans towards the Jews. Um, and so in 1946, the Württemberg Ecclesial Theological Society, okay, fancy there, um, they made the Declaration of the Jewish Question. Um, which essentially was an acknowledgement that, look, that was wrong. We, th there's a whole statement about how we dishonored, robbed, tormented, and killed um, and excluded um, people who, who were, were of Jewish descent. 
And so we are sorry. And it wasn't, again, that an apology can only do so much, but it was a step in the right direction. Um, and I think similar when we talk about Luther, Luther was perhaps, a, you know, one of the most influential people in, in our faith. Um, he did a great amount of good in, in sort of turning over the tables with this, with this thesis in order to, um, you know, get after where power dynamics were way out of whack in the Catholic Church. And it's amazing what he was able to accomplish. And yet, we can still say and denounce the later works of Martin Luther that were uh, riddled with evil. I'll just say it. It, it. It's evil what he wrote. And so I think that's the the challenge, right? Because there's no denying the positive impact Martin Luther has had on theology and our doctrine and our faith and the Reformation. And yet we can still say, but he was also an imperfect person who we should denounce the things he said that were absolutely atrocious. I remember reading this book in college. It's one of my favorite books called Blue Like Jazz. I remember he told the story. He attended Reed College, uh, which was in Portland and has a reputation of being a party school. Um, he very hedonist, secular. And they'd have this festival and they'd shut down the school and everybody would party and get drunk and do drugs. And it was just sort of this big thing they would do every year. And he had this idea, what if me and a few of my Christian friends who were very much in the minority made a confession booth in the middle of campus during this festival. But instead of it being where people would confess their sins, it would be instead, we weren't accepting confessions, but we're going to confess our own sins. We're going to confess that as followers of Jesus that we have not been very loving, we have been bitter, and for that we're sorry. We can apologize for the Crusades. Apologize for the televangelists who steal people's money. Apologize for the times we've neglected the poor and the lonely and then ask for forgiveness. And tell people that in our selfishness, we've misrepresented Jesus on campus and tell people that Jesus actually loves them. And I remember that reading about this idea, which seems so ridiculous, but at the same time, it's, it really is uh, powerful and moving. And I think there's some power in that. Like I think back to the, the Jewish question, just the acknowledgement that we were wrong and to say sorry, you don't know the kind of effects that can have. And, and I think sometimes in humility, sometimes as hard and as difficult it is, what the church needs to do is simply say we were wrong. For the sake of the name of Jesus, whom we represent, we're sorry. That's not Christ. We don't represent him well. And so, again, I don't know what that looks like, but I think having that posture is, is really important when we have this kind of conversation. Okay, let me close by, there's, there's this great documentary, and Man, I, if I can find the name of it, I watched it in seminary. Um, it's really, really, really good. And it, it details um, the following of the inhabitants of the French village of Le Chambon. 
and all the villages that surrounded the plateau, they were a refuge uh, for an estimated 5,000 plus Jews who were fleeing Nazi Germany in 1940. This was led by local pastors of the Reformed Church in France and the residents of these villages. They basically said, look, we're going to offer homes. You can live in our basements. Uh, we'll give you shelter and food. Um, we'll get your kids education. And they even, here's an ethical question to wrestle with, but they forged identification and ra ra ration cards for the refugees. And in some cases where they knew that, that their homes were going to be searched, they would guide them across the border to Switzerland, which was neutral at the time. And so basically the whole uh, point of this documentary was showing how the people of Les Chambon put their own lives at risk for the sake of welcoming foreigners inviting the needy um, and showing hospitality to people who were not like them, who were different, who were foreigners, who were the other. And it's this beautiful picture. There's this woman uh, from the town who was interviewed in the documentary and she has this quote and it's always stuck with me. So I, I wrote it down. When asked why, why did you show them such hospitality when it put your own life at risk? She said this, I helped simply because they needed to be helped. The Bible says to feed the hungry, to visit the sick. It was the normal thing to do. I close with this story and this illustration because I think it points to the beauty and the when the church is at its best, the church is doing the things that seem normal to them and is ministering to a world that is in need and that is hurting and that is far from God. And so that is what we are striving for in our communities. And in order to do that, we have to be able to point out the evil that we see, the ways in which the church is leveraged. Jesus' name is leveraged for political power, where Jesus' name is leveraged in order to manipulate where Jesus named his leverage in order to do things that Jesus would want no part in. And then by calling those things out and saying, seeing them for what they are, I think we can point people back to what it means to live in the kingdom, what it means to truly follow Jesus and be the church. It's a great question. Thanks for submitting it, James. And uh, thank you for tuning in for this conversation. Again, the purpose of our podcast is to wrestle with hard questions and seek to ask better ones. If you have any questions, please submit them. No question is off limits. You can send those into you. Uh, betterquestions at eastminster.org. Or you can go to our website, eastminster.org slash betterquestions. Thanks again for tuning in. Grace and peace. <laughs>